Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, April 23rd, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And he is the rested coach after That's a right. day off yesterday. How are you feeling? I feel great, man. I'll tell you, I had to wrestle myself like, uh, remember the, the show with Jim Carrey, Liar Liar, where he's yep. fighting with himself? Right. Because mm-hmm. I was wanting to get in and build lineups and do stuff. And I said, what am I doing? I need... I'm doing this reset reload day on Thursdays, and I'll tell you, it was great. I really did get a lot of stuff done, things that I wanted to get done in the background that we've been trying to chase after, and then just freshening the brain and letting you guys do the lineups so that I could just use those lineups. I mean, I feel like I had a week off, and it was only a day, so I'm I'm raring to go. That's beautiful. Yeah, we need yep. your energy. We had uh, too much energy from the Pelicans last night, blowing out yeah. Orlando, and that messed up everything because we had uh, heavy exposure to the early games and then no room to pivot to the Spurs news. And you know Zion was dominant while he's out there, but he only played, what, 23 minutes? Yeah. yeah. So it just did not work out. So we need to get back on track here on Friday with this seven-gamer. And I'm we've planning got, on a three-day Friday, Saturday, Sunday sweep here, so I'm trifecta. just going to call it right now. Trifecta starts today. Here we go. Five of these 14 teams involved in a back-to-back, so that's not a bad ratio, Coach. And we've got no. two high totals over 230, uh, yeah. but not that first one, Miami-Atlanta. That's a lower total here. Yeah, we've got uh, two super low totals. Everything else is is reasonable, but this is one of the – super low ones and it is uh the extra half an hour which we love 7 30 on the east coast for the first two games uh the miami heat uh on the first night of a back-to-back which is always a little iffy with miami and uh atlanta it's an island game for them but of course they lost trey young to that uh, pretty severe ankle injury but i did see an interview with them last night it, it doesn't look as bad as some of the other uh, recent ankle injury so I don't think he's going to miss a ton of time but uh, it does bring a couple of our favorites into play here so I'm excited about this game right off the bat um, Miami's only a five-point favorite uh, which you know it is on the road but with uh, you know young out and Capella possibly not going to play uh, you would think Miami would be a little bit more favored um, you know their only injury is Tyler Hero is questionable and the only other injuries for Atlanta are Snell is doubtful and Gallinari is questionable. Um, I can tell you, normally when Capella is questionable, he does not play. He's one of those guys that usually isn't on that list unless he's really in doubt. So we need to keep a close eye on that because it changes a lot of things in that game uh, as well. A um, couple things here. The uh, pace of the game is uh, in concern here. 29 for Miami, 23 uh, for Atlanta. We know Miami's defense is a top defense. They're fifth. Atlanta fall, uh, has fallen to 22nd. So, you know, how do we sum this game up? I think we're going to just get some nice value right off the jump. Um, you know, we've we've utilized uh, our man Goodwin quite a bit when uh, – different games where Trey is missed and he usually steps it up and gets it done. And then of course, uh, bogey comes into play massively. He's my favorite play in this game with, with Trey out because he does a good portion of the ball handling. So his assist ratio uh, goes up. 
He scores a little bit more. Uh, there's a definite usage uh, bump for him. So excited for Bogey tonight. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to have you take your Doctor Bogey role on, and we'll have to let uh, Phil know over there, Godfather of Gains, that we're it's a Bogey night. He'll be all all fired up, man. Uh, and then Kevin Herter also be, becomes in play. Uh, certainly is the guy that benefits actually the most. Uh, in the numbers with Trey out as far as usage. So that's that's a big plus. And then, you know, the Capella news is important. If Capella's out, you're going to get more John Collins at center, uh, probably some more John Collins minutes as he's now uh, come, you know, coming back still from his injury, but looking good. Um, and then Okongwu comes into play. Uh, as more than likely the starting center if Capella sits. So Atlanta's just a a big, you know, mix of of great value uh, and and some good upgraded plays of mid-price guys that uh, are elevated with Trey sitting. So the only problem is Miami's defense is tough. So, you know, how much Atlanta is going to be too much Atlanta because Miami could certainly – uh, put the clamps, and this game is going to be slow, so you're not going to have a ton of possessions to make up uh, any ground. So, as you know, I need the Capella news, but want to go a couple uh, Hawks, Max, two at the Max. Then on the Miami side, like I say, it looks like they're going to have their full group other than uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, we know Oladipo's out for long term, and Gabe Vincent is questionable, but he has, has been somewhat out of the rotation. So, you know, you've got your your regulars with Nunn, Robinson, Butler, Ariza, and Autobio with some of their uh, guys off the bench. Um, you know, not crazy to go spending way up here for Butler or Bam in this slow of a game with so many good games on the board. So I, I don't think I'm going to have Miami exposure, Andrew. I think it's going to be possibly a buy-up with Bogey and one of the value guys maybe with a good win or uh, Okongwu, and then just move on to the next one. Yeah, I'm pretty similar here. I, I don't think I want to pay up on Miami, even though it's a, a good matchup. I yeah. think I am looking more at that value with Atlanta. I like Goodwin, especially on DraftKings. He's only 3400 A little yeah. bit a little bit tougher on FanDuel at $5,000. Uh, Okongwu also in the mix for me, uh, if, if he's going to start. And then with Bogdanovich, man, you know I'd love to get him out there, but now he's close to eight thousand, and I, I think Butler will get the assignment. So that's the concern there. So I, I'm more likely to play Goodwin or maybe Herder. He's also in the mix. I I, I think he'll get a better matchup. So uh, I'm you're going to break some... Phil's heart here. You're, you're not going to go to Bogey. It's tough. Right? See, I'm no. not afraid. I'm not afraid of him here because. I know Butler's a terrific defender, but they do rotate a lot. And I think the way he, when, you know, I'd be more concerned if Trey was playing because Bogey's going to try to get open on the wings. Butler's a good ball hawk. But when, when Bogdanovich has the ball in his hands a lot more, they're going to set screens and get a lot of switches. And that's, that what's, what gets me interested in Bogdanovich because if he comes off a screen and gets picked up by, you know, Duncan Robinson or, or something, you know, he's going to get some shots up. So I, that's what I'm counting on. Yeah, so we'll I mean, see. I think the usage will be there, but at almost 8,000, you need almost 50 fantasy points. And 
I think I that's going to be a tall order for him. Remember when we paid 4000 for him? Uh, those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, game two. Boston and Brooklyn. The other 7.30 game. This is the beginning of the ESPN doubleheader. Back-to-back for Boston after a nice win over Phoenix. Yeah, that was unexpected. They they played well. Defense stepped up. Only gave up 86 points to yeah. that terrific offense. And... Uh, Brooklyn, it's an island game, 230 total here. Brooklyn favored by five because of the injury news. On the Boston side, Jalen Brown questionable with the shoulder. He sat out yesterday. And I've got Kemba and Fournier both marked as doubtful. Fournier's been out trying to get back from the COVID protocols. Kemba hasn't been playing on back-to-backs. So the way I think this is going to play out, assuming Kemba and Fournier are out again, then obviously we you know it, it's going to hinge on Jalen Brown but if he starts then who's the fifth starter going to be do they go small with Peyton Pritchard or do they let Marcus Smart run the point and they go with Langford or Semi Ojale uh, either way I, I don't plan to to play that backup fifth starter if it's Langford or Ojale I would look at Marcus Smart um Tatum is certainly going to get a bump without Kemba. He's been cold shooting here these last couple games. Yeah. Three for 17 again last night. He throws those games in, though. I mean, he's weird. Like, remember that one game was one for 19, and then the next night he made like 12 of of 16? He's just seems either he's on or he's off. Right. It's weird. Right. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of studs here on this slate, even though it's only seven games. Uh, you know, right around 10,000. So he's not going to be my favorite option. But like you said, he could come right back, especially if Jalen Brown is out, then he's much more consideration for me. But I'd rather get some exposure to this game with with Marcus Smart. And then with Brooklyn, we have Claxton out, Tyler Johnson doubtful, and Kevin Durant questionable. He may get back in the lineup. Uh, He's got that bruised thigh. He's been out here a little bit. Um, I'm looking at Kyrie here as a $10,000 or so player that I'm interested in. He has really played well against his former team this year, averaging over 60 points in the two games against them. And if you look at those games, Harden played in one of them. Durant played in another. Marcus Smart was out there for one of them. So it's not like he was out there by himself and he got all the shots. He's done it with one of his sidekicks next to him. So I think he's still in play for me, even though he's expensive. And Landry Shamit will be in play for me again, especially if Duran is out. Uh, he let us down in that last one, and people are going to be hesitant to play him. But he went 3-for-17 from the field coach, and that's what you want with a value player. If you get a guy around, around 4,000 who's taking 17 shots, I'll take that every day of the week. That's a golden opportunity. If he misses the shots, oh well. Uh, but if he's out there as a starter again in the 4K range, he is in the mix for me as well. And that's my key focus. Uh, we'll see about the starting lineup. We'll see if it's Blake Griffin again at the big or if DeAndre Jordan gets a spot start. Uh, but I'm more focused on these wing players. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting game. And, and you know, I'm going to jump in here with this now because it's so relevant but this is a, a game that we need the news. I mean, 
to me, the whole game changes if Jalen Brown is in or out and if Kevin Durant is in or out. I mean, offensively, defensively, the matchup, everything. So, you know, Fridays are the best day to jump aboard here at Coach Talk. You can grab our three-day pass for $10, and you're in. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you got everything you need, all our baseball, our, our golf, and all of our uh, basketball. So uh, this is the perfect time to do it because, you know, we, we try to share everything we possibly can on these podcasts, but there are games like this that hinge on a couple of players' news to determine the entire thing. So, you know, I'll give you my opinion on this game, but it's going to be completely different before tip if either one of these guys is ruled in so uh jump on uh, go to uh dfscoachtalk.com if you have questions you can shoot us uh, an information email at uh, dfscoachtalk at gmail.com if you want to take advantage of our bet us deal you still have a full five weeks free membership with us if you join uh, bet us for the first time and make a $149 deposit. Once you do that, you just shoot us a message on Twitter, at DFS Coach Talk, and we will get you in Discord immediately, and you'll be in all the way until June 1st. So great opportunities all over the board here. Uh, Friday is the best day. We've got the Two Brains baseball lineup, and then uh, just a, a full weekend of action. So all right, so this game, you know, again, like One I say, thing, I'm, Coach, uh, yeah. you didn't mention the promo code, so just make oh. sure it's on the bottom. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Promo code Coach Talk, all one word at uh, BetUS. That's how you're going to get the free membership with us. That's right, and that's key because if you don't put that in there, then they they don't you know they don't give you that deal. So, Coach Talk, all one word, no space. Thank you, Andrew. Um, all right, with Boston, you know. I think I'm going to count if Brown doesn't play, then I, I want to buy up for Tatum. I, I you know, my comment, he, he doesn't seem to stay in a slump long. And when when Brown's out, especially and Kemba's out, I mean, it's just all that usage goes to Tatum. He hand, he plays point guard. He guards one through four. I mean, he's just everything out there on the court. You know, he's got his sidekick and smart, but it's not high usage guys like Brown and, and, uh, Walker. So, uh, you know, I need the news there cause that changes my slate completely by using Tatum. Um, I, I think the rest of the guys not quite in play for me. Brooklyn's defense is bad though. They're still down in the low twenties. So, you know, mid twenties. And so, you know, I, I do like exposure there. If Brown's in, then, you know, I may go down a slot to a Marcus Smart. Um, on the Brooklyn side, you know, if Durant's in, he's an option. But, you know, I'm not sure if he's not 100% or going to play with a restriction, uh, then certainly don't want to spend up for him. I'm, I'm not on the Kyrie Irving uh, train here. I think he'll be highly owned. That 10K number is huge. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. Marcus Smart stepped up and sh and shut out Booker pretty much in this last game. I think he'll he can do the same thing to Kyrie and I know Kyrie's had his number a few times but when Smart gets in this, you know, defensive mindset and he's he's feeling healthy and he can take the charges and and create issues, I think uh he he can give Irving enough trouble to uh not, 
even make value. I, again, you got another guy that has to get into the 50s just to get, you know, his his 5x value. So uh, more than likely a pass for beyond Brooklyn unless Durant plays. Don't want to mix, mix up in that mess with Griffin and and uh, DeAndre and then little Jeff Green and all the different stuff that they do there. Um, so I'd like to go to Tatum. I'm hoping I'm hoping Brown's out for that reason. Uh, and then uh, see see where it falls from there with the news. Right on. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the next. Uh, actually, the first eight o'clock game. It is Cleveland uh, at Charlotte. Cleveland at Charlotte. Interesting. We've got Charlotte on the second night of a back-to-back island game for Cleveland. We've got a big fat two ten total. So I got the dog of the day here, Andrew. Yeah, um, we need a we need a a bark sound. Uh, <laughs> we should start doing that for the dog of the day. But it's uh, it is a one and a half point Charlotte favorite. Uh, so it should be close at least. Um, pace isn't great though. Twenty four for Cleveland, seventeen for Charlotte. Defense both below average at nineteen and seventeen, but not horrific. Uh, we know uh, Pr- Prince is out of the mix for the rest of the season for Cleveland. He had ankle surgery. And, you know, it looks as though they're going to both be going with the lineups they've gone with. So very strange that we have teams maybe using the same lineup two games in a row. It's like a shock in the NBA when you <laughs> see that. But, uh, you know, real quickly before I give my breakdown, I wanted to get your take on Vernon Carey Jr. What do you think about him? Yeah, I haven't haven't seen too much of him. Obviously, he played limited limited minutes, but seems like a, a you know solid strength, good young athlete uh, potential. But just are, what what are we going to get for minutes? I mean, the situation That's with him it. and PJ Washington is such a mess. It's ridiculous. It is, and now they played Zeller a little bit the last game, and yeah, I just I was wondering if you were high on him or not because. We, you know, I like to pick on Jared Allen. I, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. I know he has, he blocks shots, and I say this a lot on the show, but he's not a good defender on the on the ball head to head here. But I can't, I can't go with Kerry either. I'm with you. I, I just, I think he's got potential, but it was sort of a shock that he got plugged in there, and they just Biombo completely got benched. Uh, but I don't like the whole PJ Washington thing either. And I don't like PJ for that reason either. And then now Zeller back in the mix. Some, uh, just very, you know, not a spot I want to go. Um, you know, Graham and Rogier are both playable against the Garland Sexton backcourt. Uh, you know, Graham is, when he gets hot, he's solid, but he's very dependent on those threes. Without that, he's not going to get it done. You know, Rozier's always one of my go-to guys because he's one of those triple-double guys just waiting to happen, and he can put up some big numbers. So he's high on my list. I don't like his price, but, you know, against that Cleveland backcourt, you know, in a 210 game, it's painful to pay up for somebody, but he would be the one guy on Charlotte that I have some interest in. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Darius Garland, his price is good, and I think Rogier's going to try to blanket Sexton, uh, and Sexton's price is much higher. So, you know, Garland has a chance as a value play, uh, but other than that, I really don't want to mess 
with Allen and Love and some of their rotation. I, you know, 210 total, not crazy about this one, but as a real contrarian payup spot, I do think Rozier could be sneaky good in this game. Yeah, I feel very similar about this game as you. It makes me nervous. Don't like any of the prices. Talked yesterday on the podcast about PJ Washington, how he's so volatile. Sure enough, he plays 13 minutes. After, How is that possible? I mean, after having multiple outstanding games recently. So w- maybe since it's a back-to-back and they were getting crushed, they decided, well, let's save his minutes for tomorrow. So he could do it, but GPP only. And right. If, you know, you got to have uh, you got to have some uh, you got to be open to some risk if you want to play PJ Washington these days. Um. Yeah, and I just don't I don't really like anybody in this game. But like you said, one of the guards could certainly pay off if, if they get hot. So I'm going to turn my attention to the next 8 o'clock game, which I like a little bit better. It's the Clippers and the Rockets. Yeah. Although we do have some blowout potential here. Clippers favored by 10. It's a 222.5 total. And the Rockets have been blown out three of the last four games by Utah, Miami, and Denver. They did beat Orlando, but... They also played the Clippers recently and gotten blown out in that one. Yeah. Uh, John, and we sort of saw what Orlando's all about last night. They yeah. stink. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a mess. Whew. Now, when the Clippers blew out Houston recently, John Wall did not play. He should be out there tonight. And uh, some interesting question marks for the Rockets. Daniel House is listed as probable yeah. to get back out there. Kevin Porter Jr. out with the protocols and then Eric Gordon, uh, Sterling Brown, DJ Augustine, all questionable to doubtful. Uh, So I'm not counting on any of them with the Clippers. We still have Kawhi out, Ibaka, Beverly, and then Rondo questionable. So the way it's going to finalize, I think with the Clippers, we'll have Reggie Jackson, Paul George, your man, Marcus Morris and Zubats out there. And then, the Clippers have been starting either Mann or Kennard with Kawhi out. So I think that'll be the lineup. And any of those guys are playable to me. No steals with the prices, but nothing outlandish either. And we do like to attack Houston with that 25th ranked defense and that fifth pace. The question right. is, uh, how many minutes do we get? Is it a blowout? Um, so that that's the big challenge with this one. And then on the Houston side... Uh, you could go with a, a rested wall in the mid seven k range. Uh, if you if you go with more of a balanced build, uh, I think there is an opportunity for stars and scrubs here. So he's probably not my favorite choice. I kind of like Armani Brooks as a value play. If he starts again, uh, I think there's a decent chance they'll get House off the bench and maybe let Brooks start at the two guard. That's where he was last game. Uh, with Kevin Porter Jr. out, and he he played 35 minutes, coach. Six points, 11 rebounds, four assists, took nine three-pointers. And again, this is the, the volume opportunity type play if right. he starts at that, I mean, 3,600 on DraftKings, 4,200 FanDuel. So there's a potential value play from this game. Wood is always in play for me, uh, but uh, looking more like a, a value play in Brooks potentially if he starts. And then we'll see how the roster construction works out. But I could go with one of the Clippers starters for sure. 
Yeah, you know, this game scares me. I, I, I definitely think there's, without question, uh, blowout potential here. And, I, you know, there's three teams, now that we're down to like the last 18 games or so, 17 games, there are three teams that have 100 million percent packed it in. Four teams. Uh, let's Let's go with four teams. And I want to avoid them as much as possible. And that's Houston, who's been getting crushed, Oklahoma City, Orlando and Minnesota, those four teams, you know, you're looking, they're all wanting the the top pick. None of them, you know, they've, they've unloaded their entire teams. They're not trying to win. And that affects these games big time because we know in, in as competitive as, as NBA DFS is, if you lose one shift of four or five minutes or six minutes, even in that fourth quarter of your guys, you're in trouble because you can't regain those points. And so that that's why, you know, I know a lot of people in the industry say don't predict blowouts, don't let that affect who you play. I think they're wrong. I think you've got to really look at that, especially now. I mean, early in the season, everybody's trying to win. Everybody thinks they can win. They want to get the fans excited. But at this point, you know, if you're a fan of the Orlando Magic, for example, and they traded four of their five starters, or maybe all five, I I, I think. But, you know, you know that they're rebuilding. So if you're a Magic fan, you want them to lose. You want them to get the young guys some minutes. You want them to get in position to get a better draft. So it's no mystery. These teams are going to get hammered, just like last night. And this just, to me, seems like a spot where this could happen again. Um, you know, Porter's been a good spark for them. Um, you know, Wall, you know, he's not really the the old 38 to 41 minute Wall that was going to streak up and down the court. Even with with Porter out, I think they'll limit him to 30 minutes, which, yeah, he can get it done in that time frame. But he's not going to get that extra push like a young guy would that's a starter, you know, when the game starts getting out of hand. And, you know, wood is extremely expensive. Olenek's not that cheap anymore. And it just, you know, it concerns me. And then on it, it affects the other side of the ball as well. I, I just don't feel like Paul George is playable when this could be a 25-minute, you know, Paul George game. So, you know, I some people only say, well, coach, you're, you know, you're overreacting to these blowouts. Somebody's got to create the blowout. But, you know, Clippers have a lot of weapons. You know, Zubots can get it hot. We know Morris can get hot. Terrence Mann had a great game, you know, and he's he's playing more minutes. You know, Reggie's a streak shooter. So this is going to be a pass for me on that, that premise that I'm going to really try to ride, you know, these last 15, 17 games of the season with some of these teams that I think are just primed for blowouts. Now, they're going to occasionally – be rosterable like if we had Houston against OKC you know you're talking about two teams young they're going to run there's potential there you know to to get a, a closer game but when you get the lopsided matchups like this you know a, a veteran Clippers team that knows how to win 42 and 19 I'm going to steer clear of it I, I'm really tired of having a guy that's a great play plays a very solid first half, and then is just doesn't really play but a, a half a shift in the second half, and you're sunk. You know, it's it's the what-if game. If the game would have stayed closer, 
if he would have got it more run, you know, I, I think it's time to really step up and start avoiding these blowouts as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I agree that if you can predict it, uh, it's it's very, very important. And it was not fun to play uh, Zion last night and have that happen. The right. challenge is predicting them. And we've seen some dub- double-digit underdogs win in the That's last right. month in the NBA. So it is, it's not easy to predict. No, um, so it's not. And it's, it, and there is some risk involved with it, but there's risk involved in the other way if you don't predict it. So, right. you know, you got to walk that line and, and determine where you're going to take a stand or not. But I do think you'll see this last month where we had some of those big dogs win. There was still some strong effort going on there. And not all those players had been removed or taken away or retired like Horford and all these guys, you know, it's so I'm with you and I get it. And you don't want to over bake something, but I do think you're going to see more blowouts toward the end here with these teams that have completely given up. I agree with that as well. And I I think it is trending in that direction. And I think that the common thing I can say about it is that the games like this become a little bit more of a GPP focus Right. You know, if you're going to play Paul George, then you're rolling the dice that the game is going to stay close and he's going to play big minutes. It it does become much riskier for cash. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. How about how about OKC? You mentioned them as a team to avoid and they're in the next game. I know, uh, but that's you're playing Washington. <laughs> <laughs> there happen to be the fastest paced team in the league and their defense isn't particularly good although it's gotten a lot better um and it's a a little bit different dynamic you know a john wall you know a christian wood these these guys have proven themselves they've been around especially wall forever now you know the thunder they're gonna have a little bit of pep because you know they're playing 19 year olds maladon poku these guys are babies so you know, that it's good for them to get a little extra run. So, yes, you know, they could get blown out, but I'm not as afraid to roster their guys because of that, you know, somewhat blowout-proof group as, a you know, when you're playing a, a Washington team uh, that's on a roll like this that pay, plays fast, it, it's very tempting. But it does affect my Washington side. So I've been on the Westbrook bandwagon, you know, and it's been a, a fun ride. And also, you know, dipped into a little Bradley Beal here and there. But this is another one of those games. You know, I just, with all of the stuff I was just preaching about, I'm not going to pay up for those two guys in this game. I, You know, I think that they could smash. And, of course, you know, every time Westbrook's back in OKC, that's where his whole career was. And he's playing great. But I just don't think OKC can hang with him. And I, I don't see the full run. And at their prices, especially Westbrook, if you don't think Westbrook's going to get 60 fantasy points, then you really probably shouldn't roster him because that's what he needs to get to make you you know, feel like you made a good investment. And this is a pretty good seven-game slate with some buy-up opportunities. I don't think they're going to need one of those games from Westbrook here uh, against a, a really undermanned OKC team. So... Uh, for the first time in a while, even though they've won six in a row, they're going to get uh, garner some ownership. I'm going to steer clear there. Um, what I do think, though, is I think 
the secondary guys from Washington are a little bit interesting. You know, they Rui's out again. Uh, he's hurt pretty good. And then that that horrible uh, Denny Advia, you know, sideways ankle kind of thing. He's out for the season with a fractured, fractured and dislocated ankle. So that's a shame. But those two guys, Rui and Advia, were playing a lot. You know, Rui was playing 38 minutes a game and Advia 25. So, you know, when you're talking about opening up 63 minutes to guys, that makes me think Raul Neto might be a decent play. Davis Bertans, and you know who I'm going to say, and it's yes, Daniel Gafford. And I, you know, it. You guys heard me on this show. Don't miss out when he goes 11x, and he goes 11x last game. I mean, it was like unbelievable. And I didn't play him because stupid Brooks. You know, he starts Len. He still plays Lopez. Lopez with that half-hearted hook from 1960. And then Bertans get, or, you know, uh, Gafford gets squeezed out and just gets like 18, 20 minutes. But he, I think he wisened up this last game. I mean, the guy makes a massive difference on the floor. So I know Lens penciled in to start. I still think Gafford gets the most center minutes. And he gets to go against, you know, a, another young guy in Moses Brown. And then their rotation, because Brown doesn't get massive minutes. Ever since they signed him, they're sort of just letting him play, you know, mid-20s kind of minutes. So I'm I'm all about Gafford. I think Bertans and Neto are both in my uh, in my uh, sights here as possible plays because I think they'll grab the extra minutes and be able to, uh, you know, get, get to their number way easier than the two big boys. And then on the OKC side, a lot of it has to do with Dort. He's questionable. I think if he plays, he's immediately in play, uh, especially if he plays with no restrictions. Uh, he's taking a ton of shots. He's involved in, in everything that they're doing. And, you know, I know a lot of people will wait to hear that news because he'll probably guard Westbrook and then a little bit of Beal. So maybe that's going to dictate for people. But it's not going to dictate for me on the Washington side, but it will with him playing. I'd like to roster him if possible. Um, the guy I'm highest on, and I've been super high on him the last two weeks, and he's generally been paying off, and that's Darius Baisley. I think he's, of all their young guys, I know Dort is terrific, and Maladone, Poku, the, they all have good potential, but Baisley already starting to look a little polished to me. He's the most athletic, he plays above the rim, 3 and D guy, he rebounds really well. So uh, I, I do want exposure here, and I like this game a lot, but it's not going to be with the two big bullets. Get it? Wizards, bullets. There nice. you go. Beautiful. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm looking at Russell Westbrook here. I will consider him. He's in my player pool. If but if he gets put in the torture chamber? Then I'm not as excited about it. <laughs> and, but and it's that same dynamic we had that we've talked about recently, where if Dort plays, then it's more likely to stay close, and so you'd consider Westbrook. But if he doesn't play and and Russ can run wild, then maybe it doesn't stay close. So it's a it's a tough uh, analysis. But I I a do conundrum. think it's a conundrum. <laughs> but I I love the idea of Russ back in OKC. Um, and he has been averaging around 60 fantasy points. And, I know. You, you know, you've been playing him a lot. You've been playing him more than wow. I have. 
Yeah. Um, so he, he's in play for me, but but also, like you said, a lot of other expensive guys here that you can consider. I mean, Kyrie, uh, we haven't gotten to Steph yet, so he's not a lock and load for me, but he's he's in the player pool. And I, I do like those value guys that you mentioned. Bertans, you figure he's got to get 30 minutes. And in the 4K range, I like I like that opportunity. Neto is in the player pool. Good price. Gafford, um, you know, heading into that last game, it had been five of six games where the most he'd played was 17 minutes. I know. He had one game where he got 25. And then he did get 24 last game, and he smashed so what are we going to get tonight? Are we going to get 24? I'm thinking 28 to 30. 28 I mean, to 30? I, I wouldn't I, bet I, on that. I, you know why I, I'm saying that? I, I think Brooks, I mean, you, you can be stupid, but you, you, when you, you got a bunch of assistant coaches, I mean, tell me the honest truth here. When he's in the game, how much does he impact the game offensively and defensively, especially defensively, compared to the other two plugs well it's not even close uh, he has a great uh, impact defensively i don't think len and lopez are as bad as you're making them out to be len has had games where he is terrific in terms of his output and lopez shoots a high percentage it's an old school hook but it's effective uh, and he often also pays off value because they're both usually priced around three, 3k so i don't I don't look at those guys that negatively, but I do agree that Gafford has, uh, you know, the best overall future at this point in his career, and he's got tremendous upside, and he can really pick up the the points quickly with all those blocks. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like him, especially on on DraftKings tonight, where he's only thirty eight hundred. That's a steal. That's that's a good one. I, I like him as a value play. Fifty three hundred on Fanduel is a little bit tougher. I think he it can. Is. I think he can hit value, but I I'm not ready to you know count on twenty eight minutes. I mean he hasn't he hasn't gotten that. He's gotten twenty again twenty five minutes, two out of the last seven. Otherwise yeah. fifteen to seventeen. I would think he would get twenty four, and maybe he gets close to thirty. Uh, I would and, think and it would happen at be some the point soon. 20 minutes, you know, is going to be a little rough to take. If if he gets the, the 28, you know, that spread right there is going to make the difference, you know, of him going maybe 4X or 11X again. Right. So we'll see. We will. On the OKC side, uh, like I said, Dort, is if he's playing, I'll, I'll play him. If he doesn't play, I like Svi again. Good value price. He's coming off a big game, yeah, too. Yeah, 36 minutes. Um, I mean, like you said, Dort is so involved on both ends that when he's out there, it's it's Maladon or Svi, really, as the yeah. key guys. And Baisley in play for me as well. So this is it's going to be a fun one. I, I finally got you believing in Baisley. You used to well, dog me on Baisley. Uh, here's bit. the thing with Baisley. I agree with you. He's the most athletic. He's got tremendous potential. I don't like his his makeup. You know, his I don't feel like he's a killer competitor. And he'll have games where he just doesn't do much. And yeah, he's a little immature yeah. yet. He's I, young. I'm not saying he can't get there. I mean, he is right. he is really young, and I agree with the potential. I just don't trust him day right. in and day out. But no, I don't blame you. Yeah. And he may be a great GPP play and just an okay cash play. There, mm -hmm. you're you got a good point there. All right, let's head to the after hours slate. Two Ooh. games left. Two ten o'clock tips. 
starting with the ESPN battle between Denver and Golden State. Great matchup of MVP candidates here, Jokic and Steph. And the Fighting Joe Stantons have the two-and-a-half-point edge here in Vegas, and it's a 228 total. We've got uh, Golden State's great pace, their second, and Denver's great offense, their fourth, and uh, Denver's middle-of-the-road defense, Golden State, still seventh defensively, so uh, very impressive there. Front end of a back-to-back for Denver, and with the news here, we've got Denver ready to go. Uh, Nothing of note there. On the Golden State side, Damian Lee is out, and Juan Toscano-Anderson questionable dealing with that concussion. Now, uh, Jokic has been solid against Golden State, you know, right around triple-double averages. He's always in play. Not my favorite uh, guy on this slate, though. Um, with the rest of Denver, I'm, I'm still waiting for Gordon to smash. He's so cheap at 5000 Yeah, um, they, try, they tempt you to take him. You almost want to plug him in just because of the price. He's so tempting at that price, but he just doesn't get a ton of shots. No. He's going to have to deal with some Draymond, so I probably won't end up going there. Uh, Compazzo uh, f- had a real solid game against Portland. Uh, you know, maybe he's settling in a little bit as that starter. He's he's a value option. Uh, but I'm a little bit more interested in Golden State here and Steph. He's one of the pay-up guys I'm looking at. He's averaged 64 fantasy points against Denver in their two games. Good Lord. So he's you know, overcome that slow Denver pace and gotten it done. And he was another guy let us down in that last last game, 7 of 25 from the field. But, uh, you know, I would bet that if if it's going to be the hot Steph making 10 threes a game or the one who shot 28% last game, I would I would vote on the former and expect him to get back in, in, uh, in the groove. And the other thing, Coach, that really stood out to me from that Washington game was the way they split up the minutes. Steph played 36, Wiggins played 38, Bazemore played 35, and Oubre played 37 off the bench. Yeah. And uh, Draymond played his 32, Poole played 25 and played well. And I didn't play Bazemore or Oubre in that last one because Bazemore was starting again and had been such a mess in the game before with those minutes. But that's a that's a real potential turning point here. If they're both going to play that many minutes, then we got to keep an eye on that and, and look at their prices. Bazemore still reasonable, especially on, on DraftKings. He's only 4100 So there's another guy you could look at. Uh, so um, looking at Steph here, um, you know, really thinking about getting him out there again. What are your thoughts there? You know, I... I'm not 100% sure that he's 100% with that ankle. Uh, do you feel comfortable that he's full tilt, you know, big minutes, no problem? Yeah. Yeah, he got 36 minutes against Washington, got up all those shots, just didn't hit him. Yeah. So he I did mean, get he did get him up. I mean, I I it's, you know, it's hard not to like Steph on this, you know, this run he's been on. But, you know, Will Barton is is a scrappy defender, and he's long. I think he can bother Curry a little bit. I would assume that's who's going to guard him. And he's just he's so expensive, you know, and Denver plays so slow. I mean, they're the 28th team in, in pace. Um, 
You know, I, I just, I have some reservations here. I don't know if, if I really want to unload the coffers on this game. You know, again, we're with Curry. He needs to average what he's been averaging against them, 60 or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't think he's a bad play. He's not in my lineup right now, but it's possible that he could get in there. Um, you know, as far as Ubre, I think he was just a little pissed that he had to come off the bench and he wanted to prove a point. I don't know if he can follow that performance up. He was on fire. Uh, so I'm a little hesitant there, especially with his minutes coming off the bench. I think Baysmore is a fine play because he's going to get minutes. He really solidifies a lot because he can do a lot of different things with them in there. And his price hasn't really adjusted. So Bays is high on my radar. Um, don't want to spend up that much for Green. And then from the Denver side, it is a huge pace-up game for them. I mean, Golden State's the second fastest uh, team in the league. And it does, you know, make me think Compazzo might be a great sneaky value play with the big minutes he's getting. Um, I'm with you, though. I, I'm not sure what to think about the Gordon thing. I don't know if it's just going to stay that the way that it is or his role's going to become bigger. But right now, even at that cheap, cheap price, uh, you know, there seems to be a ceiling. And then, you know, I think Green's probably going to get a little bit more assignment on Porter some of the time and Bays as well. And Bays can defend. You know, I think Bays and, and Green will, will guard uh, Gordon and Porter. So I, I think that's, you know, really a, a combination that, that's dangerous. I guess, you know, the decision for me is I'm thinking about the Joker here. It's, you know, it's a very, very weak center uh, uh, group tonight. I mean, you look at the, usually we're fighting over, there's all these value centers and everything else. And I know we have Tillman coming up in the next game, but, you know, I know the Joker's super expensive, but who's going to stop him? Looney and, and some of the guys off their bench, you know, they don't even have the hustling probably to Toscano Anderson, you know, if. If the game stays close, it's it's you know it makes me want to play the Joker. But if it does stay close, it probably means Curry's having a good game. You know, it's one of those things where if you want to sell out and go Curry and Joker, I mean that's a great way to you know correlate this game to them both playing well. Because if if it does blow out or it's lopsided, you know neither one of them is probably going to get there. If it stays competitive, they probably both will. So. Uh, I haven't made the final decision on this one, Andrew, but surprisingly I'm I'm leaning to the Joker over uh, Curry just for salary purposes and upside. I, I don't think the Golden State matchup uh, is good enough, and there's no way Draymond uh, can handle, I don't think, the Joker. There, I mean, Draymond's a phenomenal defender, and he gets under people's skin, but he's so much smaller than the Joker. He's... He's still going to get, you know, should get 15 rebounds tonight uh, plus. So, you know, tough game. My, I think it's the toughest game on the slate. Excellent. All right. I'm, I get this last one, and it's a pleasant game here. It's the big number on the, on the card. It is the other after hours, 10 o'clock late slate. Portland minus three and a half. Uh, the biggest number on the board, 232 and a half. And, uh, you know, very interesting game. We've got Joe Val remaining out. 
Uh, we know Triple J uh, came back, so they've got a little bit more depth there. And for Portland, uh, Jones Jr. is questionable. So interesting game, huge number. Uh, Memphis is eighth in pace, Portland 20th. Defensively, Memphis has moved all the way up to eighth as they're over 500 and trying to get in that play-in tournament. And uh, Portland 29th. So they're only Sacramento's worse than Portland defensively. So that does bring Ja Morant into play. He's been playing really good ball, man. He's maturing before our eyes and shooting it better. His three-point shooting was horrible the first half, but he's getting better. Uh, we know Lillard and McCollum aren't stellar defensively, so Jaws in play for me. Um, I think you know Tillman at the price he's at is your obvious uh, pay-down center if you want to go there. But you know the the luster's off of him a little bit with Triple J and Clark both playing. It it takes a little bit away. I don't see one of those. 38-minute games, you know, like the other day when those two didn't play and it was Tillman or Busk. Um, so a little worried there, but I still think he can make value uh, for sure. And then on the Portland side, you know, it's the, the question here is, you know, can they, uh, you know, get to the points that they need to to make value with Lillard and McCollum specifically? Um, you know, you've got Nurkic playing a, a nice role and can do well. Uh, Canner, again, still, you know, that split of time is, is a worrisome. Covington and Anderson against each other cancel each other out in my book. You know, you've got the Norman Powell possibility here because he may end up getting some Grayson Allen defense because I think Brooks will gravitate more to McCullum. Uh, and but if but not for sure. Uh, it may be Brooks on Powell. So that's my concern. I'm going to do a little more research. Uh, you know, I'd like to go with either McCollum or Powell if Allen's guarding them. Lillard's also in play. Now, I wouldn't do two of them, but one of those three guys I'd, I'd like to roster because this game is going to be a pace-up game, um, and I'd like to have really solid exposure here. I can see two Memphis and one or two Portland, and this will probably be my – Highest rostered game uh, on the slate, but I'm not positive which way I'm going with it yet. Interesting. Yeah, I see the appeal there, and I think that could work out because it could be a high-scoring game thanks to Memphis and that pace, Portland's bad defense. Um, it's it's real challenging with those Portland guys, though, that you mentioned, with all of them playing, the price is somewhat elevated, not as high as they were, so right. it's, it's getting easier to do that. Um, and I guess that just transitions into more of a balanced build. And I've been looking a little bit more at Stars and Scrubs today with some of the value. Uh, so I, I think either approach could work out. I'm leaning towards not having quite as much exposure to this one. And I I don't like the big situation for Memphis as much as I have. Tillman's been great, but like you said, Triple J's out there now and Clark and... Triple J played 18 minutes in that first game back, and he, yeah. he was in coming in really short stints. He'd come in for four or five minutes, a couple times per half. I think, you know, I think that's only going to trend up here and be five or six minute stints, and then it becomes a split game with Tillman. So, I, I you know, solid matchup, but 
I, I'm a little bit more interested in Nurkic on the other side here. Um, okay. You know, mid 5K range. And he was in my GPP lineup last time out. He went 8-7-6 and six against the Joker. Didn't quite get it done, but he did play 29 minutes. Um, and if he'll, if he'll do that again, 29-30 uh, minutes, I'm willing to put Nurkic out there. So he's probably the guy I would like the most from Portland. Because like you said, the center position is a little bit bare on, on FanDuel today. It is. And uh, you know what I like about that is they went against Denver's 28th pace, and now they get to go against Memphis eighth so much faster game exactly so uh Nurkic probably the the main guy I'm looking at on the main slate uh but obviously we'll break it down a little bit differently for the after hour slate won't we coach yeah I mean at least we have some good games those two games are nice nice games to focus on for an after hours I lots of different combinations no dead chalk uh although Curry is always chalk the way he's been playing but um you know We'll see. We'll That's see. right. Well, as Coach, men- Coach mentioned, if you want to join us as a member this weekend, do it at dfscoachtalk.com, and we'll give you our full lineups on FanDuel. We'll give two cash lineups tonight and a GPP lineup. We'll also uh, have separate full lineups on FanDuel for the after-hour slate, full lineups on Yahoo, the Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings, and we'll have our PGA weekend lineups posting tonight, and baseball, of course, seven days a week as well. So uh, any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can follow me at Language Olympic. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you haven't subscribed yet, we would appreciate that. And uh, otherwise, uh, hit that thumbs up wherever you're watching or listening. We certainly appreciate all of your support. And we'll be back again tomorrow. It'll be Coach riding solo for the Saturday slate. So be sure to tune in for that. Sounds great. I'm excited. We're going for the three-day sweep, so let's get it started right. Yes, sir. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.